Google ecosystem really does lend itself to full funnel marketing. And I think if people are just doing search and shopping on Pmax, they're really missing out on its full potential. Google themselves, on that webinar I was on a couple weeks ago, you know, they can see, you know, for anything that's sort of priced over a hundred bucks, you know, they're seeing the touch points to get people to buy is now 10 to 15 on average. You've got to be reaching people multiple times at all the different parts of the funnel. And you've got to be there because if you're not, a competitor's coming in and somebody else has got to save your lunch. And you definitely don't want that. Creative Minds, math-obsessed media buyers. To ship more winning ads, you need both worlds working together. Introducing Thumbstop, the weekly newsletter by Motion that covers the art and the science of creating winning meta, TikTok, and YouTube ads. Every Sunday, you'll learn about the science. Think about CAC and contribution margin spreadsheet tutorials, advanced ad analysis techniques, and interviews with elite media buyers. You'll build your analytical skills every week. The art. Creative cheat codes, winning TikTok ad formats, interviews with creative directors. You'll get practical ideas to ship winning ads faster and new ways to fix the brand performance divide. Subscribe at motionapp.com forward slash thumbstop. It's all killer, no filler. I'm Eric and we're here with Richard from the Pilot House Google team. Uh, and it's funny, we see uh, people filling out our forms, people filling out Pilot House's forms every day. And we're seeing a lot of people coming into Pilot House specifically with questions about GA4. They want their GA4 instance audited to make sure they're getting the most out of it. Where are we seeing people going wrong with uh, GA4 right now? Ooh, gosh, right from the fundamentals of the data that's coming into it through to you know, how they're using the, the reports and yeah, there's a number of things. So so first up, I would say it's it's amazing to me, although not, not surprising because, you know, a lot of people aren't technical, you know, so you know, they're using Shopify and of course Shopify and Google between them made a complete aims of, um, of getting this thing set up, you know. So late in the day, Shopify announced that the GA4 integration was going to be handled by the Google app. But in the meantime, you know, people have been kind of putting their own stuff together, you know, maybe because you could actually link GA3 to, to a new GA4 property and it would kind of automatically populate, but it wouldn't populate with, with conversion data or revenue or anything like that. And then some people went, well, you know, there must be something else out there. And so some people went for, you know, the LVRs, the triple whales, the little datas, and there's a couple of other ones out there. And, and what we actually, we are seeing is that a surprising number of times instances where the data is like double counting, triple counting, because you know somebody somebody else you know set up the Google app and then somebody else <laughs> went and got this third party thing <laughs> and somebody else linked it to GA3 and suddenly bang you know you're getting three lots of data coming in and like why is Google Analytics 4 telling us we've got you know three times the actual number of conversions that we have so that's the first thing is just make sure that you know the number of conversions purchases conversion value adds up to you know what you're seeing in in, in Shopify because otherwise yeah there's probably a a double or triple counting thing going on there very easily. I think the next thing we see is that people are just like, where do I get my report with my conversion rates and you know basic stuff that they were getting in, in, in GA3. And again, I think you know, Google have rolled out a very <laughs> poor uh, set of you know basic basic reports. And sure you can customize them, but but a lot of these people, you know, they don't have time, they don't have the inclination to go in and customize. They just want the thing, you know, spoon-fed to them, which is, you know, not, not surprising. They've, they're business owners and they're more sort of high-level 
marketing people, whatever, they don't have the time to do it. So that ability to customize those standard reports and turn them into you know, things that you really want and, and, and need. And by going into the customized report option, you go into your metrics, you know, and, and sitting there just waiting for you are things like conversion rate, which is, you know, why isn't conversion rate there by default? And then, you know, useful things that actually weren't there in GA3, like the number of first-time purchasers, which are referred to as F- FTP in, <laughs> in the metrics. And I'm sure a lot of people are going, FTP, isn't that some sort of technical protocol thing? Um, anyway, it's a racing company, I think, FTPs. too. Is it a racing company? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> who, who knows? Um, so, yes, yeah, so the first-time purchasers are there, which is obviously great because then you can really see, you know, the incremental growth that a lot of um, businesses are, are looking for. Average revenue per user, ARPU, <laughs> look out for that one, is sitting in there. And the whole bunch of detail on repeat purchasers, so repeat purchasers, you know, within the last seven days, you know, within the last 14 days, within the last 30 days, a lot of repeat purchaser info. So there's a lot of good stuff in there, um, but you've got to get into the customization of the standard reports and then save your own new one and add those to, to your collections on the, on the on the side there. So, so definitely that's the sort of second thing. And then the third thing that we are seeing um, a lot of, Eric, is people looking for data that's not there. And they think, oh, you know, GA4 must be must be broken. Well, it kind of is, because <laughs> we weren't seeing these issues with GA3. However, what's going on, if you look up in the top right-hand corner, maybe it's, um, you know, one of the standard reports, maybe it's an exploration report that you've kind of done yourself um, but look out for the red triangle and it's even there on some of the basic widgets you know if you go into you know your your home screen on, on GA4 you might you might see it but look out for those little red triangles because those signify that you're basically missing data now the missing data could be either because of sampling or thresholding and I'll quickly explain those so sampling is where um, you've got you've probably got too much data you've asked it to you know give me the last 12 months or whatever if you've got a really busy site the last three months um and so google has decided that it's too much data for it to process right now and so and if if you just click on that red triangle it'll tell you whether it's a sampling issue a threshold issue or potentially both sampling and thresholding um so if you see a sampling issue pretty much bring down your date range and you should then see that change to you know I've seen 30% of data, you know, being used to kind of construct the rest of the report because so it's using sampling as opposed to actual data. So narrow your date range down and go back into it and hopefully you'll see the um, the red triangle either disappear or at least the sampling part of it say that it's now using 100% um, of the data. The other one is thresholding and this is, this is trickier um, and this is all to do with privacy and the fact that there's data in there, uh, there isn't enough data in there that Google can't categorically state that it won't uniquely identify a user. And I think the chances of that happening are really slim. But anyway, I guess they're coming under pressure from the EU and all sorts of other organizations and initiatives. So yeah, so they're applying a lot of thresholding and you'll see a lot of those triangles appearing on on your your reports. To deal with with these thresholding limits, um, there's a couple of things. One is the opposite of sampling is you can actually extend the date range, <laughs> you know. So if you're looking at the last seven days potentially, um, you know, by extending that out to fourteen days, thirty days, ninety days, that might that might help because obviously the more data, 
the more likelihood of um, you know you're going to hit those those thresholding limits, whatever they are. So that's one thing you can do. The second thing is within the admin section of GA4 under the property settings, there's this thing called reporting identity, and in there um, you've got a couple of couple of options um, to do with how the data is being you know reported, and the one to to choose for the, I think the default one is blended, um, and there's I think there's three options in there, and the one that will kind of potentially help with with thresholding issues is by switching it to device ID only. By switching to device ID only, you're going to help uh, potentially get around that thresholding issue. Don't worry about you know it's not a permanent thing. You know literally you can switch to you know blended today, and in an hour's time you can go and have a look at reports by that switch to a device ID only reporting identity and then you can go back an hour later and and go back to blend it again it's not affecting the data it's just affecting the reporting of the data the other thing in and around this is google signals so within google analytics there's one of the settings to do with the data uh, reporting it's all it's using this thing called google signals and google signals is basically giving you're giving when you turn it on it's giving google permission to you know look at people's you know, Gmail address or whatever it might be, and then go, okay, I knew who that person is. And by default, then pick up on their age, gender, and interests, which are in the demographics section. So this is where you're you're likely going to run into most of the um, thresholding issues. Um, and by turning Google Signals on, it's good in that you, you then can get this demographic data um, and detail coming through your reports, say for age, gender, and interests. However, in doing so, this is where you're going to run into your thresholding issues. So you could potentially turn off Google, uh, disable Google signals, but if you do that, then you're going to lose your age and gender and interests um, reporting. Um, so um, it's a bit of a well, it's a bit of a trade off. I mean, I, I certainly wouldn't like to lose that information. It's pretty key to top of funnel marketing. So, and of course, the other thing you can do is you can uh, speak to your agency and give them more budget and. Uh, let them get more, <laughs> more people, more more data into the site. Um, Spoken like a true agency guy. There you go. Uh, there you go. Makes, anyway, makes those sense. Are, those are some of the things we're seeing with with GA four. Eric, it's yeah, it's been interesting. That sounds great, and I think yeah, I think everyone on the audience like. If, if you haven't, if you, if you can't figure it out, you know, reach out to us, not me. Reach out to Richard; we can help. And I want to get into some Q four prep stuff that I think you you know your your team is already you know really thinking about here. But I just was googling Google ads and and what I'm always interested in like what's what's coming up in the news. And I saw there was a big thing that Search Engine Roundtable was reporting on yesterday that an advertiser went on Twitter on this rampage because they discovered that their targeting had been expanded uh, despite being opted out of the setting. And Google's response was, from time to time, the Google Ads team runs incremental experiments on campaigns to test the impact of a proposed change, which seems like, that seems like a bridge too far, potentially, where they're actively changing toggles on your campaigns for their data. Is this something we've ever experienced? I haven't. Um, although, you know, sometimes when you're you're spending millions of dollars, you know, if a few tens of thousands went <laughs> somewhere that Google wanted it to go and um, you might not even be aware of it, you know. So, um, yeah, I, I haven't explicitly seen it, but uh, I'm not surprised. I mean, they, they're testing all the time. Yeah. <laughs> well, this Melissa on Twitter I mean, I mean, is quite upset because the team confirmed that they may not provide credit or refund to this. So it may be irrelevant even if you did discover it, but it might be worth kind of checking into to see if this is something they're doing more often these days. 
Yeah, totally, totally. Yeah, no, I can imagine. I, I would be pretty miffed if, <laughs> you know, particularly if you're on a, you know tight budgets and you know you're you, as an agency you're working with somebody and your you know your efficiency ratio you're trying to hit is you know twenty five percent and you're setting it. 24.9 and then Google suddenly decides, oh, let's try this little experiment here. <laughs> and you're trying to explain that to the client at the end of the month. You know, if you're listening, comment. Sergey, uh, we better watch that because we're watching you, buddy. Um, okay, let's talk, let's talk uh, Q4 prep a little bit on the Google side of things. What stage of prep are we at for Q4 today? Probably not as far along as we, we really should be. Um, I was actually sitting on a, in on a, a Google webinar thing there a couple of weeks ago and and they already know that people are researching and some you know a small number of people are are buying but there's quite a number of people who are already researching for q4 because they've they've got the data they've got the data they can they can see it um and so you know if 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 clients if people aren't you know actively now starting to think about about q4 you're you're you know they're missing out. I mean, they, they totally are are missing out. And it's not necessarily that um you know you need your you know your your bottom of funnel action campaigns to be you know to be in full full flow right now. No, that's not that's not what we're talking about. But we are talking about trying to reach those people who are already doing you know doing that research and to say a small number of people who are starting to to buy and and uh, you know sort of beat that beat, beat the rush. But of course, a lot of people are waiting for Black Friday, Cyber Monday, Cyber Week, whatever whatever it's going to be called around that time. But yeah, you know if you're not if you're not getting into that conversation, if you're not part of that awareness, that consideration. Um, phase, you know, with people right now, then you know the chances of them actually buying from you in due course decrease considerably. So, so really starting to think now about those top of funnel awareness um, campaigns are really where you know you you want you want to be. And of course, you know, as soon as you say that, people are like, oh, you know, YouTube and you know maybe maybe display the the uh, the forgotten uh, the forgotten <laughs> platform within Google Ads, uh, the, the display network. But it's not just that, you know, because you've got you've got search, and, and of course we all associate search with you know at least kind of middle of funnel, and, and, and usually bottom of funnel. But but it, you know it's also got the potential to be a really good you know top of funnel um, platform because a lot of people are are bidding on and you know they want their keywords and search terms to be by my amazing blue widget today sort of type type keywords. You know people are going to take that action, but as you step up further up the funnel on that, you know and people are researching you know blue widgets or you know pink widgets with you know with bells on yes the intent is a, is a lot less for you know for buying right now but but they could be ready you know doing the research and getting ready to buy in in, in q4 and around that black friday cyber monday time so loosening your your search um campaigns or potentially setting up new campaigns and and you know moving away from your nice nicely performing middle and bottom of funnel and you know setting some budget aside for you know for these higher up the funnel um, terms and um, you know using using broad match and you know I'm not saying put all of your budget into there but you know potentially you know siphon off some of the some of the budget and put it into there and once you get people you know who clicking on those ads you know then use your your audience building capabilities within GA4 or within the Google Ads platform, whichever whichever you want to do, but start to build those those audiences of people who've clicked on the ads and shown some kind of um, you know some kind of engagement and and in, in doing so when you're setting up those audiences, a lot of people default to the 30 day audiences. Well, you know, 30 days from now is only going to be October the 13th. <laughs> um, you know, we're not going to be at Black Friday yet. So setting up either new audiences or 
Um, it's probably the best way you could extend your existing ones, but setting up new audiences, you know, 60 day, 90 day audiences and getting these people in there that you can then remarket to further down the line. And Google's, you know, latest and greatest um, campaign type, the Pmax, which we have, which we've talked about before, um, you know, is another good, good way to do that because when you give it all of those assets in terms of static creative, video creative, you know, obviously you're throwing your headlines and descriptions in there. You've almost certainly connected your, your shopping feed. So, you know, Pmax campaigns can be all across the funnel. And so, you know, letting them do their do their thing in terms of not just getting um, getting conversions today and this week and next week, but really starting to, to reach those people who are doing the high level searching or potentially um, it's using audience signals to find people in certain uh, audience buckets to to show the you know the top of funnel ads to is definitely something that, that people people will want to you know I, I think when I'm telling my my buyers and uh, and, and my clients um, that this is really where they when they, where they want to be and of course you know the best best platform to, to do this on is is YouTube it's such a you know such a amazing platform because uh, even you know when people hit that skip out after five seconds I mean five seconds of video is is a pretty long time to to try and you know engage people with and by you know using that five seconds carefully and and thoughtfully and planning it planning it out and you can get your brand in front of them you can get your you know the initial part of your pitch um you know your top of funnel awareness pitch within that within that five seconds and obviously what you're hoping for is that is that they'll they'll watch longer than the you know the five the five seconds so making sure that you're linking you know well first of all you've linked your google ads to your youtube channel because when you do that you get the ability to create audiences of people who view your ads. Um, so they, they view the ad, you can then populate this audience of people who viewed maybe that specific ad or all of your ads, whatever you want to you want to set it up. Um, and obviously in, in doing that, then you could then re- remarket those people. So next month you can show them your nice middle of funnel um, ad, which explains why you know your company sells the, the very best uh, widgets. And then in due course, when it comes to you know Black Friday, Cyber Monday, and you've got that amazing deal on, then you get the uh, the bottom of funnel action uh, campaign and get that action video in, in, in front of them. Um, you know, yeah, really, really build, really build that funnel. Because if you're not building that that funnel now, you know, if you wait until October or even you know we're still November, you know, your your funnel, your you know your bucket of people that you're going to be uh, reaching is going to be it's just going to be less. So if you don't if you don't start now. You're not maximizing. And cost your, way more. And cost way If you're trying to build your funnel in, in Q4, it'll, uh, it'll cost a lot more. So build out uh, these audiences in advance. 100%. You know, and, and I'm not saying, you know, waste, you know, waste money. It's not, it's not wasted money. If you're using, you know, the data you've gathered from setting up observation audiences with your search campaigns, you're looking at your GA4 data, you're looking at Pmax's audience insights within, within the Pmax campaigns. There's so much information now that you can glean in terms of the audiences that are likely to perform best at, at the top of funnel, you know, so one, you're, you know, your targeting is, is, is really good. And then obviously, you know, look at your, look at your view rates, look at your view rates to, you know, 25% of the video, 50% of the video, et cetera, et cetera, your engagement rates, you know, those are the, those are the things that are going to tell you, you know, how audiences are performing, how your, um, your ads, your videos are, are performing and, and, and your audience sizes, you know, just watch those audience sizes grow. Cause that'll, you know, ultimately tell you how your top of funnel efforts are, are going. And, um, yeah, there's some, some amazing things that you can do if you start, <laughs> you know, if you start that, that process now. 
I'm just- and if you, yeah, if you really visualize that funnel, it's something we, I, we talk about like meta, the meta team, and I, I've been talking about it, a couple other podcast people that have come on recently about how they're really structuring their ad accounts to have very specific messages at top, middle, and bottom of funnel. And I was, I think we may have talked about this with Pmax, but I'm curious when you're building your Pmax campaigns, are you very clearly like trying to make sure that there is top, middle, and bottom funnel messaging and imagery in every Pmax campaign? Or are you running Pmax campaigns at bottom of funnel, middle of funnel, and top of funnel? No, it's it's um, it's it's a conversion-based campaign type, you know, first of all. So it is trying to get conversions. However, it's it's not just a bottom of funnel campaign. So we're absolutely 100%. We're, we're putting in assets, um, as many assets as we can, and making sure that those assets one cover off all parts of the funnel and two um particularly on on video you know cover off all of the potential video types so you know our shorts our landscapes um you know we want to make sure that we're putting in as many different variations of the videos to cover off all of the uh, potential devices and device types that, that, that people are using but they're absolutely you know across the funnel campaign types and google's starting to gather a lot of good uh, data on sort of proving out the background to that and if people are you know using pmax campaigns think about you know how you're structuring the asset groups within those so you know they're the equivalent of ad groups on on search campaigns and other campaign types but if you're going to break out your campaign into multiple asset groups then uh, structure them so that your your feed of products doesn't overlap within your asset groups you know split out your you know your products that have the best you know profit margins, the best sellers, you know, if you've seasonal products, um, if you've got, you know, if you're a sports shop and you've got ski gear and, um, you know, camping gear and tennis gear, you know, absolutely, you know, those are likely, well, one, those are likely to perform differently in terms of um, performance, but uh, but obviously in terms of the assets that you, you want to show, you know, you don't want to show, you know, tennis videos to people who are interested in outdoor gear and skiing gear and that sort of stuff. So, so structuring your asset groups to reflect the products that you've grouped together in your, your listing groups um, is certainly another one of the key things, and one of the winning strategies behind um, setting up setting up PMAX. Just helps you get strategically aggressive, right? When you can get aggressive on specific specific products. Absolutely. And, and we all know, you know, that marketing works best whenever you give the right message to the right person at the right time, you know, and... and um, I think we, you know, we we do all get a little bit lazy, and we're like, ah, oh, you know, let's just show that one video to all of those, you know, all of those people. Sure, it, you might get a, a decent response from it, but I guarantee you'll get a better response if you split the people up and and uh, you know, and your videos reflect one the audience and two, you know, whereabouts they are on on the on the on the funnel in the funnel. I want to like display. I come from display. I'm one of the few people that has a, a long storied a career in display marketing, sadly. But I wanted to ask so, YouTube, first of all, it's such an amazing top of funnel for the Google Ad Suite. What are you finding are the best creatives in YouTube for just specifically for that purpose? Are we, are we talking brand videos? Are we talking UGC? Are we talking more content, less salesy based things? Like what are the things on YouTube that are being most effective for filling the top of funnel awareness funnel? You know, it's, it comes back to the, you know, good old fashioned um, marketing. It's, it's, it's the lifestyle, you know, the top of funnel is the lifestyle, you know, and I, and I was talking to actually to one of our junior buyers uh, the other day, and he was asking me, he asked me the exact same thing. He said, what do we do for, you know, for the top of funnel? And I said, have you ever seen a car commercial? And he was like, mm, yeah. I said, you know, 
So, you know, you've seen the BMW commercials where the guys, you know, he's, he's in the BMW and he's on this nice piece of road. There's nobody else around and it's a twisty piece of road and he's, you know, he's driving this, this, this BMW around all these amazing twists and turns. And then you watch the, you know, I don't know, Toyota ads and, you know, there's a you know, group of four young people in their 20s and they're going for a night out and it's all great fun. And, and you know, it's those, it's those lifestyle, those aspirational videos um, that really do, you know, really do work. Obviously, if you can inject some humor in there, but that's what, that's what gets people's, people's attention. They, they want to, they want to feel better. They want to, you know, in buying your product, how, how can that, how can that make them, make them feel? And, and those, those aspirational, um, you know, videos are absolutely, you know, what, what works, what works best, you know, they engage and then say, once you get, once you get that engagement, then you've got them into your, into your funnel, into your audiences. And, yeah. I love it. It's, it's really, it's, it's like you, every agency is going to tell brands to open up their top of funnel. It makes sense, but Google it's got to be one of the best platforms that's suited for it because of its ability to really narrow in on the bottom of funnel. Like you, you, you can get so precise getting to people in various stages of intent through all the different Google ad suites. It's like if there is one platform that you could afford to like loosen up your top of funnel, it feels like Google because you know you can most likely make it up with efficiency on the lower part of the funnel if you're doing things right. 100%. You know, I mean, if you can, you know, and I highly encourage, you know, all of our clients uh, to split out their budget, have your bottom of funnel budget, you know, and, and here's the ROAS that you're expecting from your bottom of funnel budget. And then you've got your middle of funnel budget and, you know, your KPIs there are likely to be, you know, pre product views, product page views, PDP page views, and um, add to carts and, um, you know, maybe we can get in some audience data. But your top of funnel is going to be, you know, your metrics are, say, your views and your engagement and, and your audience sizes and potentially, you know, tie that into your into GA4 and, and have a look at your organic traffic, your direct traffic, your, or, you know, search console, have a look at your brand searches. Um, you know, there's a, there's a, there's a whole bigger picture there, but, but you're right. I mean, Google, the Google ecosystem really does lend itself to full funnel marketing. And I think if people, you know, are just doing, you know, search and shopping and we'll include Pmax into that, you know, on, on Google, they're, they're really missing out on, on its full potential. Um, and Google themselves on that webinar I was on a couple of weeks ago, you know, they can see, that you know, for anything, I think what the threshold was was anything was sort of priced over a hundred bucks uh, and upwards. You know, they're seeing the top the touch points to get people to buy is now ten to fifteen on average. You know, so if you think about if you think about that, and you can see it in your you know your GA reports and stuff, you've got to be reaching people you know multiple times at, at all all the different parts of the of the funnel. And sure, you know, we can have. We'd have a big discussion about well, is it a funnel anymore? Is it is it a circle or what the heck is it? You know, and sure, I'll 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 take what anybody's offering, um, but there's multiple touch points. You know, there's there's no doubt about that, and and you've got to be there because if because if you're not, then you know a competitor's coming in and somebody else has got to steal your lunch, and you definitely don't don't want that. You don't want that, especially heading into Q4. You also have a note here that there's a new product launching in October called new, like a, a new demand gen campaigns that are upgrade from the discovery campaigns. What, what's that about? Yeah, so they announced those. I think it was that that um, Google Marketing Live thing back in May or whatever that was. So yeah, so there's a new campaign type called uh, demand gen, and what it's doing it's partly um, taking over discovery. So. If, there's a beta going on right now. It ends within the next, I think it's within the next month. Uh, they've said sometime in October. 
So if you opt in and, and when this becomes live, if you've got any discovery campaigns, they will automatically transition to demand gen campaigns. But demand gen won't just be discovery campaigns. They'll also be top of funnel, uh, well, YouTube, YouTube campaigns. Yeah, so really what, what they're doing is they're launching a campaign type uh, literally to do demand gen for you. Um, and they're going to cover off whether that gets shown on the Discover app or Discovery app within your on your phone or on YouTube. And yeah, so it's going to kind of handle all of that, uh, all of that for you. So definitely, you know, look out for the demand gen um, campaigns. If you're not opted into the, the beta, um, they'll, they're, they're coming live to everybody in, in October and you'll see notices about your discovery campaigns being, being transitioned and, and stuff like that if you are running those. But definitely something that you're going to want to, to take advantage of. And I think it's a little bit of a shame that they're waiting till October to, to launch them because I think now is the time to really um, you know, to take advantage of them. However, it is what it is. Uh, but I would say definitely jump on them when they uh, when they launch in, in, in October and um, yeah, use them to build those those audiences prior to the end of November when when we get that big uh, when we get that big surge. You might as well do it because if you don't, Google's probably going to do it on your behalf anyway, as we've discovered from Twitter. <laughs> but uh, you, might well, you might as well test these things out. Uh, and now let's let's finish by talking the mo- about the most exciting part of this talk, which is the D- Google Display Network. Uh, you've, I, I, you know, I think of uh, was it Indra's Net? I feel like that's what display is to me. It's sort of like you just want it, it. I think of it as like a retargeting reinforcement. You want you want you know your ads when you have someone in in, in a funnel. You want to have your ads follow them around and, and increase the desire kind of thing. That's how I see display. How do you? How does Google see display ads, and how are you using them to the most efficacy right now? Yeah, I mean Google. Google sees display as a, a still a, a very important part of its ad network, and uh, and obviously you know it generates a lot of red, revenue for the for the for the company. Um, so we're we're still hundred percent using using display and, and and top of funnel. You know it's not just a remarketing uh, tool. And you know I remember those good old days. Uh, I don't know how many years, 15, 20 years ago. You know <laughs> you set up a retargeting campaign and. But damn, you know, they just they converted it like five to ten percent, and they were just awesome. Um, and those days obviously have gone, um, long gone. But uh, but no, we are still using display for top of funnel, and you can actually now, you know, you can embed, you know, video into your into your display campaigns whenever you go on to, you know, anybody who's showing um, on on the uh, Google Ad Network, so CNN, BBC, New York Times, whatever, you know, those all these good platforms. Um, you know, a lot of them now are are happy to let video just you know show on on these display ads um, and obviously you can use html5 to get some movement in there um, there's lots of different things so i think the good old days of you know static creative being the thing are definitely you know largely gone but if you can you know use them to static and either html5 or or video within your your display campaigns you will see good results and of course it's a very cost effective way of reaching people at scale because a lot of people are now kind of ignoring it. Um, it got very competitive, and now people have put budget towards obviously social media sites and and YouTube's you know the the end thing right now. But but the display network is definitely still reaching a lot of people, and we're using it profitably to reach people at scale. So it's it's a, it's a yeah it's a very important part of our overall um, overall strategy. I can see how video lends itself more to it being really increasing its value at top of funnel because it's it's just it's storytelling at that point. 
I, uh, it's funny. I have a friend that works in video serving and he, and he works for a company that serves a lot of the sports content that goes into mobile video and stuff like that. And I've often thought in the video experience on the web, it's the last place where you don't have any vertical scrolling. Like even on TikTok, you now watch a video there and you can easily, uh, you know, scroll through multiple videos. I wonder if, if, if they'll ever figure out a way for the mobile web or for video on the web to become more of that scrolling experience, because I feel like that's just the way everything's going. I, I think they will. I, I think it'll. I think it'll come. Um, I'm probably not, not too far away. I'm, I'm, I'm guessing, uh, but um, probably a lot of people or some people are sitting, you know, maybe listening, watching to this, watching this, and they're thinking, well, you know, I don't have the resources to create create video. Well, within the, the campaign editor and and there's other third party tools that Google provide for free. You know, it's really easy now to get to get video put together by you know it'll take static creative and sort of combine it all and. And, and make your kind of make your video for you, um, and as, as AI proliferates, <laughs> um, there's obviously going to be some amazing tools which will you know more than easily be able to create um, you know video video content for you. So um, I don't think that's a you know a good excuse anymore. <laughs> um, you know I think anybody can put video campaigns together. I think about Ryan McKenzie in True Earth. It was one of our first podcasts we did, and, and uh, the very first video he made was something I think he made an iMovie with just some some product images and even just panning on still images. And he had a he he just had a compelling story, a compelling narrative about their product. And I think uh, it's it's you know multi ten million views at this point, and launched them to the easily to their first seven figures. So. Don't be afraid of getting your hands dirty on uh, on making those videos. Nice. Richard, thank you uh, for chatting with us on the All Killer No Filler T2C podcast today. My pleasure. Thank you, Eric. And if you're in the audience, just just get into Richard's safe hands here on the Google side. If you're, if you're confused about GA4 and you're uh, worried about Q4, come on over, chat with Richard. It's going to be a fun time. All right. And if you want a cutting board for Christmas, you got to talk to Richard too because he makes the finest cutting boards known to man. I'm going to be <laughs> buying for some relatives this year. So I'm helping grow your top of funnel for your cutting board business as well. So, Thank you, sir. Oh, there's one other thing. We were talking about the the Google team is actually looking for a, a buyer potentially as well. So I would just open this up to the audience. If you are a, a free agent Google buyer out there, you should also come talk to us because we're looking to grow the Google team. Absolutely. We'd love to, love to hear from you. Yes. Nice. Just say Eric sent you. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you're not getting the D2C newsletter, you can subscribe for free at directtoconsumer.co. And if you want to learn more about Pilot House's all-killer, no-filler services, take off to pilothouse.co. I'm Eric Dick, and this has been the D2C Podcast. We'll see you next time.